Well, I'm, uh, I'm super excited I get to preach for you again today, um, especially since that means I don't have to wear masks the whole service. I do not like the mask, you know, they, they, people with glasses, they fog our glasses up every time we breathe in and out, so it's, uh, it's not fun. So half the time I kind of got to where I pull mine down on my nose a lot, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if that does any, anything, but uh, uh, it sure helps, helps me breathe a little bit anyway. Uh, well, it's good, it's good to be back to church. I, I feel like uh, ever since we've kind of got in this pandemic and, and things have been going on, uh, we got stuck in the house, I guess, for a month when COVID originally hit, and uh, I did survive being in the house with my family that long, but uh, right after that, I think we got to come back to church for maybe three Sundays before we started getting sick. Uh, so, so for us, we did catch COVID, uh, and somehow got in our house, and uh, we, we made it through it. Uh, my wife, Liv, got hit the worst with that, uh, but praise God that uh, he took care of her and healed her and uh, she was down for about 11 days but um, he protected the rest of us and uh, I just want to say a big thank y'all to, to our church uh, for y'all's prayers those of y'all that, that knew we were down and sick uh, prayers work and I'm a firm believer in them and uh, so big big thank y'all for that and uh, and for my family for, for taking care of us uh, we kind of had like a little prison swap thing going on they dropped the groceries in the garage and then we couldn't go in the garage until the door was down. And uh, so we kind of did a little exchange there. So it uh, worked out good. But uh, I got I to say thank you for them for taking care of us too. But uh, All right. Uh, well, a lot of you didn't know. Uh, right about the time we got sick, we were, we were, we were in the process of moving. We, we got a new house. And uh, we, we started moving. And then we got sick. And then we couldn't go move. So, um, But as we got to do that, I got a call from Brother Richard. He's like, uh, hey, I got to go to school. Do you think you can preach for me? I said, yeah. I was like, man, we're going to be moving, and I ain't got no TV or Internet. I said, I'm going to be back in the dark ages, so I need something to occupy my time at night. And, man, this would be the perfect thing for me. And, uh, boy, uh-uh. I, I didn't have near the time I thought I was going to have. I was so tired at night when we got done. I just started writing the sermon last Friday. <laughs> so, so. I put this together, but I think Brother Richard might have snuck in my house and looked at my laptop because everything he read this morning is what I'm preaching on today. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, good, it's good to be back. Um, today, as, as we read our scriptures, though, uh, I want to I invite those of you that, uh, that have a Bible, I want you to follow along with me today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we, we have Bibles there in the pew. You know, take, take that uh, as a free gift from us to you. Uh, we, want, we want you and your family to be able to, to open up a Bible at home and, and have a copy of God's Word that y'all can share together. So, so uh, please feel free to do that. But uh, Before we get, get started in things, I want to go to the Lord in prayer and uh, just, just let us open up in that. So. Dear Grace of Heavenly Father, we just come to you today, Lord, and uh, just ask you to just let us feel your presence, Lord, and just um, ask you to just... Extend your hand and lay it upon this congregation, Lord. Uh, Lord, I ask you to just, just be with me this morning as, as I open up and, and, and bring your word to your family, Lord. I just ask that you just guide me and let these words that I speak be yours, Lord, not mine. Uh, Lord, just hide me behind the cross today. Just, just um, lift us up, Lord, and just uh, 
let us have a, a tremendous worship service that you can be proud of, Lord. And ask all these things in your blessed name. Amen. All right, so this morning, uh, of course, we already kind of know we've read a lot of our scriptures, but we're going to read them again. Apparently, God wants us to know this really well today. Maybe some of us here are, are facing uh, this story here. So uh, it's a very old Bible story. It, this is a Bible story that, of course, we all learned as, uh, as children. Uh, Joseph and the coat of many colors, right? Uh, we've, we've probably heard it at VBS several times when we were growing up or, or down the hall in a children's wing or, or somewhere you heard this story more than likely. Uh, it's, a, it's a story, um, you know, that's, that's full of vibrant colors. It's, it's got a lot of action to it, right? There's a lot going on in Joseph's life as we, as we watch him. And, uh, you know, we, we get to see him come along and become a great prince, so to speak, uh, in the land of Egypt. Um, so... As we go there, um, I just want to just kind of think about that today um, as, as we focus on this. But I'm, I'm going to be in course in Genesis 3 to 24 today, as we're, we're I'll be reading out of. I'm not going to read it all at one time. I'm going to break it up as we go through. Uh, so before we get to our main theme here, let's, let's start at the beginning. Uh, let's, let's go to verse 3 and 4 here and kind of get a little background um, for where we're going. All right, uh, starting Genesis 37, verse 3. says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their fathers loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now here we see Joseph was the son of Jacob. Uh, verse 3 there, it says that he was the son of his old age. Uh, so he's one of his younger children. Because he was the son of his old age, Jacob was particularly fond of Joseph. Uh, he was kind of a little more fond of him than some of his other children. Uh, I don't think that, that Jacob really hid the fact that, that Joseph was his favorite son. I mean, after all, uh, what did he give him? Gave him a a coat with vibrant colors on it, right? Uh, he didn't give that to his other children, but he gave it to Joseph. When Joseph received that coat, you know, that was, that was very odd at the time. I mean, for, for most of the folks there, they didn't wear bright, bright colors like that. They, they were kind of more, uh, uh, you wouldn't see a common person wearing a bright coat like that. It was more reserved for someone that was, uh, in, a, in some kind of status, or e even even royalty would wear colors adorned like that. So, so this was very special for for Joseph to receive. Um, I don't think. Uh, well, let me put it this way. I don't think that uh, Joseph um, really meant for his coat to be a, a source of pride against his other brothers. Uh, they didn't. They didn't like the fact. I think that just kind of added to the fact uh, they was already kind of jealous of Joseph, as we see um, that you know he got this coat. He was his father's favorite. That didn't help the situation. You know, around my house uh, when I was growing up with our, my brother, uh, we always had a little running joke that he was the favorite child. So, any of y'all ever had to deal with favorite children? Yeah, a little bit. 
Um, a couple weeks ago, I'm st- I start seeing this in my house a little bit myself with my children, and I, I like to play a little bit with them. But uh, a few weeks back, Grant was asking me, he's like, Dad, you know, I got my, got my permit now, and I sure would like for you to help me get a truck one day. I said, oh, yeah, I'll help you one day. You know, you come, come work with me a little bit, make you some money, and I'll help you. But I said, your, your first truck's got to be a jalopy. He says, a jalopy? I said, yeah, it's like your first truck needs to be something you can kind of beat around in a little bit. You know, it's going to have dents and dings and, and things like that. I said, now, but your sister, I said, she's the baby. So I said, I got to get her the new car. Well, that, you should have seen his face, you know. He's like, Dad, no, I don't, I don't really like that. I said, no, nah, I'm just picking with you, boy. But, you know, that's, we, we, we tend to prod a little bit sometimes when we can. Uh, my mother-in-law always told me, she's like, you're not supposed to have favorite children. She doesn't have favorite children. I said, even though around Christmas we like to joke, sometimes maybe Lizzie or Matt might be her favorite children. Uh, but she swears they're not. She says, no, I don't have favorites. But sometimes some of them need you more than others. So I thought that was a good answer. But I would have to say my, my favorite way I've ever heard anybody ever put uh, dealing with favoritism with children is this. And this would be from Brother Mac and, and Miss, Miss Leah. And uh, they would always come up to me and they would wrap their arm around me and they'd be like, you know, out of all my grandsons, you're the favorite. And boy, that would make you perk up. you like, I'm married into this family. How am I the favorite? But he'd always let a pause go for just a little while, and he'd say, name Joey. So I was his favorite grandson out of all the other ones named Joey. So I always thought that was, was a real good way that, that they put that and deal with favoritism that was, was kind of funny, so... Oh, it always made you feel special, even for a moment, Mama. <laughs> That's right. I am the favorite named Joey. So, all right. Well, just just like uh, uh, being a favorite, but but Jacob was uh, particularly fond of Joseph more than his other children. And and even though it sounds like bad parenting to have, openly have a favorite child, uh, I think there's a couple reasons why. Jacob might have favored Joseph. Um, the first one is, is, is Jacob, he recognized Joseph's birth as a blessing from God. Now, now, we always say, you know, a birth is a blessing from God, but Rachel couldn't give birth, right? She was, she was barren for a long time. So when she finally became pregnant, you know, it was... A miracle. It was a recognition uh, and it was a blessing from God. You know, Jacob had worked many, many years uh, for Rachel's father for her hand in marriage. Rachel was Jacob's, really his true love. You know, we always say, you know, when you see, you see your special someone, uh, you know, love at first sight. That's, that's what Jacob experienced with Rachel. You know, he had many other wives, but but Rachel was his true love. And, you know, the fact that she could not bear those children for so long while all his other wives had sons for him 
when she finally did, he, he really recognized that. So, so I think that's one, one thing we can take a look at, that why Jacob might have favored Joseph a little bit more than his other children. Um, the second thing is, is that Jacob saw something in Joseph. Uh, he saw something that, that his other children necessarily didn't possess. But, um, you know, he saw that, that Joseph was, was gifted as, as with the dreams. Uh, and not just any dreams. Uh, Joseph had a gift of getting dreams that revealed God's plans. Um, it's something that Jacob knew in his heart that God, you know, had a plan for Joseph one day. He, he knew one day Joseph was going to be something. He knew he was going to be someone. Um, and, that's, and that's why he gave him that robe. That's why he got that robe with, with these bright, beautiful colors on it. It was, it was a recognition that God had a plan for Joseph to be something great. So, this was the brightest robe I could find. I don't really know if this is even near close to, to what Joseph's coat looked like. Probably not. This one's probably a little more elaborate looking, but you kind of get the idea of, you know, if, if your brothers are wearing common clothes and you come in with something quite adorned like that, you might, you might be the favorite son, you know. Um, you know, as we, as we watch our children grow up, um, we as parents, we get to see how different they are. Uh, some are as good as gold when they're babies. Uh, others tend to be maybe a little more mischievous, you know, along the way. Um, but as we watch each child and we, and we see them begin to develop, uh, we can notice how they act different. That's usually about the time some of us start saying stuff like, you acting just like your mama. Or as my wife might say, you know they get that from your side of the family. Anybody guilty of saying that? Maybe. <laughs> but it's always fun to watch your children grow and see how they develop, uh, see what kind of person they become. Uh, what kind of skills and traits they end up possessing. Um, and that's what Jacob was doing. You know, Jacob was watching his children. And that's when he saw in Joseph that, that God had plans for him. That's when he saw Joseph was a dreamer. Sometimes he questioned those dreams because um, they were a little odd at times. But... We'll, we'll get into that in a little while. But let's look, let's look at uh, being a dreamer. Let's, let's take a look at some of Joseph's dreams here. Uh, we're going to start in verse 5. Um, we'll, we'll go down to um, verse 14. So, All right, uh, starting at verse 5, uh, Genesis 37, verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we are binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for the dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brother, 
his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his fathers kept the saying in mind. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to them, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now. See if it is all well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. All right, now, I can imagine that, that when Joseph got that coat, he, quote, he, he felt quite special. I mean, it was, after all, a, a beautiful robe, and, of course, it did make his siblings very jealous of him, right? They couldn't even speak any kind words. Hatred began to grow in their hearts. And it sure didn't help matters when Joseph decides to start telling them dreams that they'll be bowing down to him. How many of you know what kind of family that would go over well? I could, I could just see that with my children. If one of them told them the other one that, you know what, one day you're going to be bowing down to me. I'm going to be elevated over you. Let the fight begin, right? Yeah. All right, now according to our scriptures in our text in verse 12, we can see that, that Joseph's brothers have gone on to pasture their father's flock. Um, and after some time had gone by, Jacob says to Joseph that he's going uh, to send him out to, to go check on his brothers to see if everything's okay, see if all's well, and um, to bring word back to him. Now, I'm going to have to stop right there for a second. If I was Joseph, I think I might have to, at this moment, make an objection to my father. And be like, you know, Dad, I don't think it's a good idea for you to send me 60 miles away to go check on some brothers that hate me. I mean, that's a little too far to get it from home. You know, I don't know if I'll be protected over there. Um, it's not like they're not going to see me coming. I mean, I got this bright coat you done gave me. If that doesn't have tattletale writ on it, I don't know what does. You know, that's, that's what I would be thinking if I was Joseph. But he, but he didn't do that. You know, he said, yes, sir. He went on ahead to get a report for his father. If we pick up in verse 15, we can see Joseph. And he uh, finds a man. He's wandering out a field. And the man asks him, what are you seeking? He says, I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, they have gone away, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers, and he found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him. We will see that what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, 
shed no blood. Throw him into the pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and they threw him into a pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. Now here we see Joseph, the favorite son of his father. He's cast down into a pit. He's not placed there by some kind of enemy. He's been placed there by his very own brothers, his family. These brothers cared nothing for Joseph. Who only These brothers only a few minutes before were conspiring to kill him. Uh, Joseph around this time is believed to be around 17 years old. He's a teenager. He's a dreamer. He's, he's got bright plans for, for a bright future. Joseph truly felt in his heart that someday he would be important and that here he is in a pit and he's left there to perish with thirst and hunger. So the main, main thing I want to get at today is how many of you this morning find yourself in a pit? Maybe someone or something's put you there and there's nothing that you can do about it. You thought everything in your life's been going good? You've achieved success? You know, life right now maybe couldn't be more satisfying for you. But along the way, we find a few bumps. And then you run off and you find a pit one time. Or maybe more than once. And, and, and you ask God, you know, Lord, why am I in this situation? Why me? I mean, I think we've all questioned God about that. At least once in our life, probably more than that. I know I have. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe, maybe you've come home to, to mountain of bills. Maybe your children's just got you at a breaking point. At the end of your rope. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with something more difficult. Maybe, maybe you're faced with fighting an addiction to drugs or, or an addiction to alcohol. But along the way, you know, you're finding yourself in these pits and, and you question God. You, you want to know, you know, why me, Lord? You know, why, why, why am I in this situation? You know, I, I had uh, 2019 for me was, was a tough, tough year. Um, didn't have a lot of, lot of jobs going. We were kind of uh, hit and miss. Money got tight for us. Um, that's tough to deal with at times, especially when you came from, you know, a background that I had where I had a secure job. I worked, I worked for the phone company for 15 years. Uh, there was always a paycheck in my account every Friday. Uh, my family always had insurance and benefits they could count on. Um, I had good vacation time built up. Um, but that is not always uh, 
going to be the case, is it? You know, sometimes life has highs. And during that time, that was a high in my life. It was a stability. Now, if we look at what I do now, I'm a contractor. Well, sometimes I have jobs. Sometimes I have good jobs. But they're never straight line. It's always ups and downs. Some months you might be busy, some months you might not be. But there's something about having a freedom as a contractor and working with my family that I didn't have at my other job. Uh, if, you, if you've ever worked for yourself, I've been self-employed, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, on the flip side, if, if you've ever worked for a large corporation like I did, it has its benefits, the stability. But on the downside, you're also just a number. There's no possible way that a corporation that employs, you know, a million people can know you personally. It's just not possible. Uh, it's a pecking order, and, and they have to resort to things like, uh, you know, performance and numbers and things like that. It's just, it's just too large for them to, to work as we would on a smaller level. But on the flip side, also, being self-employed, you're liable to starve to death at times, too. Can't you tell I starve? Yeah. I don't starve that much. Even if I was broke, I'm going to eat good. But oh, Even though times get tough, and, and, and I, I find things, uh, some ups and downs, I, I still enjoy what I do now I still enjoy uh, the freedom that I have I enjoy being able to work with my family my brother uh, I enjoy getting to uh, to meet other people and go and work in their homes uh, there's something satisfying when a homeowner comes to you and they pay you to come in their house and tear it up with a sledgehammer I mean that's that's pretty fun we call that demo day but after demo day is where the, where the real joy comes in. Uh, when, you, when you get to put something back together. You know, for, for us, our process never really changes on what we do. As a, as a builder, if I go and do one person's bathroom, the next person's bathroom is going to be the same process. But what's different and unique is, is what the owner picks out and how they, they come out. They, they always look different. And some of them turn out, you know, just gorgeous. Um, but it's always neat to watch that process evolve. Um, so I, I would have to say that, that I do enjoy that. But, but 2019 was, was a tough time for me. It, it was a pit for me. Uh, it was a pit for my family. If we fast forward to now, 2020, I don't, I don't think it's been much better really for any of us, has it? I mean, it's, it's almost hard to not be depressed right now. I mean, it really, really is. When's, when's the last time you got to go with your significant other or your family, you got to go to your favorite restaurant and sit down and have a meal? You about can't do that now. I, I can't tell you when the last time. I've hardly even went to a restaurant, very few times. But it's, it's depressing. Um, you know, everywhere we look in our country, we see panic, 
We see disorder going on. Uh, the crazy thing is, is a lot of this stuff we've seen before, but it's never been out our front door, and it's never been right here in our community. We're used to watching this kind of stuff unfold on the news in our living room. You know, it's never never been this close to us where we have a fear that we're going to walk out our front door and and catch a disease from from a family member. We can't come to church without worrying if we're going to catch a disease. We can't hug and handshake, and I, that kills me. I, I I hate not handshaking. I, I've had the hardest time trying to remember not to shake somebody's hand. Like I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable, but I I, I just I was raised that way. I was raised that uh, you know when I see somebody, I should speak to them. I should shake their hand. I tell you what bothers me the most is is we've had to get used to online Walmart pickup, you know, because we couldn't go in the stores. Do you know how bad it irks me when I pull up at Walmart and and an older lady brings out my groceries and I ain't allowed to get out the car and help her put them in the car? Like it just goes against my grain of how I was raised, but. You know, that's the way things are right now. She, she needs a job. She needs, she needs to, you know, I have to let her do her job. You know, she needs it. But it goes against my core of who I am. And it's just, it just keeps adding up to the way this year is. You know, I, I have to categorize this year as a major pit, you know, because I just, I just feel that way. I turn on the news. I see rioting. I see protesting. I see monuments and statues being tore down. You know, it's just a it's just a depressing time and it's just disheartening to see that in our in our country. And, and you know, what are we to do? I mean, all we can do is ask why us, Lord. We can pray about it. You know, but it's it's still uh, I think it's a pit right now. I think it's a pit that we're in. For some of y'all, maybe, maybe some kind of heavy trials come along your way. And you keep asking God, why me, Lord? Why am I facing this pit? Lord, I paid my tithes. Lord, I'm a faithful church member. Lord, I'm a, I'm a good friend, I'm a good husband, I'm a faithful wife, I'm good to my children. Lord, I got more problems than I can handle right now, and now I'm getting this thrown at me. And you ask, why me, Lord? I, I can imagine that Joseph was asking that same thing when his own family threw him in the bottom of that pit. I know he had all kinds of questions running through his mind. I know he might have even been thinking, you know, maybe they weren't really serious. You know, maybe, maybe they're just playing a joke on me and they're going to come back and get me. But that wasn't the case. I mean, after all, what, what had Joseph ever done to, to be thrown in a hole in the ground? 
He seemed like a pretty good kid. I want to tell you something, though, about God and about Joseph. Is God had Joseph right where he needed to be. God has everything in control at all times. Those dreams that that Joseph was having for all those years, they were going to come true. You know, as we we talk about pitfalls that, that we may fall into in tough times, I want you to know something. When God places a dream in your heart, There ain't no pit, there ain't no bump in the road, there ain't nothing that can stop what God's got planned for you. When God promises you something, when he promises you his grace, his favor, whatever, that's exactly what you're going to get. There ain't nothing else. God's in control at all times. Listen, we, we learn important lessons when God puts us in a pit. You see, Joseph, Joseph didn't realize it at the time, and, and his brothers certainly didn't realize it. They didn't know it. But there was a reason for Joseph's pit. He was in the center of God's will in that pit. And today, if you, if you find yourself in a pit, I want, to, I want you to keep on waiting. I want you to be patient. Even though times are tough, things aren't easy, God has an escape plan ready for you. And when, and when God reaches in and he pulls you out of that pit, and he will, I want you to know two things. He's got a plan for you, and he's got a purpose for your life. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you alone in any kind of circumstance, any kind of pit, any kind of bump in the road. God is always there. You're never, ever alone. I know when we talk about, you know, pits in our life and downfalls this is kind of cold hearted to say, it's kind of mean to say but but pits are necessary they're necessary for us to learn from our mistakes and they're necessary for us to know that we need God you know if Jesus had never let us feel pain how would we know that he was a healer You know, if he'd never let us go through any kind of difficult times, how would we know that he can deliver us? If he never gave us a trial, how could we find comfort in him? If he never let you make a mistake, what would you know about forgiveness? If he gave you everything you ever desired, how would you ever appreciate anything? 
If your life was perfect, what would you even need him for? Let's face it, life isn't perfect. It's never going to be perfect until you're wrapped in his arms. Life's filled with ups and downs, highs and lows. Sometimes you find a deep pit along the way. But when you find that pit and you're in it, I don't want you to think that that God doesn't love you. I don't want you to think that, that, that God is mad at you, that God hates you, that God wants to see you suffer, because that's not what he wants. God wants you to know that he loves you, that he's always there for you, and he might have something for you to pick up and learn while you're in there. It may not be easy. If we look at Joseph's life, and he was in that pit, did it get any easier when he got out? It did not. Joseph's struggles did not end when he got out of that pit that day. A lot of worse things happened along the way for him. I know most of you remember the rest of Joseph's story. Uh, Joseph was sold, to his bro- sold by his brothers to some merchants who were coming by for 20 pieces of silver. Those merchants in return sold him as a slave in the land of Egypt. Joseph went like, a, like from his father's house to a pit. From that pit he was sold like a dog became a slave when he got to Egypt he became a slave he got falsely accused and thrown in a prison in that prison he was forgotten about and just about the time that all hope was lost he was elevated to a prince make a long story short Joseph's dreams they did come true his brothers did pay homage to him they did bow before him just as God had placed in his heart Joseph stayed faithful in his dreams he stayed faithful when he was in that pit he stayed faithful during the hard times And God reached in and pulled him up. And he can do the same thing for each one of us. So I want you to know today, if if you're in a pit, if you're facing something bad, no matter what it is, God does not intend for you to stay there. Psalms 40 verse 2 says that he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the merry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my steps. You know, God brought me up out of a pit. He did set my feet upon a rock. A rock is secure, a rock's hard. 
Our rock is Jesus Christ. He will establish our goings. He will establish a future for you. I just got to say praise God that he pointed me in the right direction years ago. Because I would have hate to have seen the direction I could have been. So be patient. Wait on the Lord when you're facing tough times. Be faithful and pray to him. Know that he loves you. Know that he has a plan for you. And know that when tough times come, God is there. He's sending reinforcements to get you out. He is going to reach in and pull you out of whatever you're facing. But he'll only do that if you let him. That's, that's our choice. So if you're here today and anything I've even said you've been dealing with, maybe you're just, just having a tough time, maybe you're just at the end of your rope, you're struggling, maybe you're just depressed right now with the way the world is, the way things are. Maybe you need to come down here at the end of the service and kneel before God and give it to Him. Ask God to, to take this from you. Ask God, Lord, I know I've asked why me a thousand times. Lord, I want to give it to you today. I want you to take what I've been dealing with, Lord. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you... you have no idea what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't know who Jesus Christ is. Maybe you don't understand any of the story I've talked about. Maybe, maybe you're sitting back there and you're like, Joey, I don't understand how a God, how Jesus could give his life for me. Do you even know who I was? You know what I've done? Yeah, I do. It doesn't matter because Jesus doesn't see you that way. Jesus is a forgiver. He's all you need. It doesn't matter what you've done. When he looks at you, when you give your life to him, when he looks at you, he sees his child and nothing more. There ain't, there ain't no sin that you commit. There ain't nothing that you can do in this life that he won't see you as his child of God. And on Judgment Day, he's going to stand up for you. He's going he's to tell God, he's going to say, uh-uh, that one's mine. He's forgiven. And if you want that, you've got to come down and ask for it. I know it's scary. It's, it's a scary thing to be in a church and, and step out in an aisle and walk down front. That, that's a scary thing to do. Most of us in here have, have, have probably done that. But I ask you today to, to gather up the courage. Ask God to give you courage that, that if you're facing a situation, if you're, if you're fighting a temptation to, to just step out on that aisle and walk down because somebody's going to look at you funny. Ain't nobody going to look at you funny if you come down here.
we're all a family in here. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want you to be a part of that. Don't walk out the doors today and, and, and live another moment without coming down and giving your life to Christ. If you're too afraid to walk down here, then, then talk to somebody. Let, let one of us, any, anyone in here would be more than willing to, to listen to you, listen to your story, to share the gospel with you. So I, I plead with you today, if, if, if you're facing anything in your life that you can't handle, I ask you to come down here and give it to the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, and just uh, heavy hearts that, that at times we face pits in our life. We face hard times and troubles, Lord, and Lord, I just ask you to just reach in and, and draw each one of us out of those downfalls. Lord, give us strength when we're, we're in a pit and we're fighting for air, Lord, I just pray that, that, that we'll feel your presence, Lord, and that, that everyone here will know that, that you are there for them, Lord, that you always are, that we're never alone. Lord, I pray that, that if anyone in here does not know you, that you will give them the courage to, to step out and come down to this altar, Lord. Lord, we pray for healing for everyone in here, Lord. We pray for healing for our country, Lord. Lord, I feel like our country is in a pit right now. Lord, we just want to lift up our nation. Lord, I know that us, a nation has gotten away from you, Lord, and I just ask that you would just draw us closer to you and bring our nation back under your roof, Lord, that we are that one nation under God again, Lord. Lord, I just ask you to just be with us, Lord. I ask all these things in your blessed name. Amen.